welcome to Gen X Voice. Nobody asked us, so let's get our voices heard. Written off years ago as the Slacker generation, we actually have brought a lot to the world behind the scenes. Now we need to bridge two opposing generations and make sure non-Karen voices are heard. I'm your host, Trish The Dish, and I'm going to interview Gen Xers being rad and doing cool shit in the world. You can follow me at Gen X Voice on Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. Check out other podcasts, videos, and blogs at genxvoice.com. Even though the focus of this platform will be to celebrate Generation X, the goal is to interview as many people as possible from lots of generations, backgrounds, and experiences. Let's unpack some of our differences and attempt to discover what truly ties us all together. With so much division and pain in the world today, instead of shutting people down for their age or other features outside of their control, let's listen to these voices and discover common ground so we can come together and create a better world for all. I don't wanna be an army one. Every 73 seconds, someone is sexually assaulted in the United States. We are here to tell you, you are not alone. Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, tells the stories of victims and survivors of true crime with a focus on the support these survivors need. We provide information for those who have endured trauma and for those who love someone who has. Tune in every Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear these stories of hope, survival, and empowerment. No one should go through this alone. We believe you. Hey guys, so this episode is going to be just me, Trish the Dish, talking with you folks. Um, I'm about to turn 45 next week on the 16th, the week that this episode drops. And I thought because I'm turning 45 and it's the end of the year and um, my birthday, I thought I would just dedicate this episode to me and my musings for you all. So uh, now, get out now while you can. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So this is a really interesting time to decide to do this. I had actually planned to do this before. I found out that um, one of my really good friends um, passed away last week from COVID-19. Today would have been, uh, the recording of this is December 12th, which would have been Clove's 44th birthday. Um, So um, it's kind of a weird day to do this, but but I I wanted to do this anyway. So I might weave a little bit of um, her story in with mine as a reflection of our generation and this... um, sweet pocket of late 70s kids that we were. Um, Her being born in 76 and me in 75, but we had those four days between the 12th and the 16th where we were the same age. So starting today, we are both 44 until I turn 45 on the 16th. And also a disclaimer, if I... um, I kind of lose it or my voice sounds shaky. Um, now you guys know. So she was um, she was a really good friend of mine. I met her when I was busking um, with my guitar that I used to call Annie um, downtown in downtown Flagstaff in front of a place that doesn't exist anymore, but it was called Magaz New Stand. Um, it was nighttime. And I had my guitar case open and I was just strumming along to the songs I had learned um, from Mazzy Starr and the Cranberries. Um, This was about 1996, 95, 96. And um, I think it was 1996. And she, Clove, came up with um, her boyfriend at the time, Ray, and... uh, a couple of their friends, Clean Clayson, who um, I found out later were in a Diné Native American band. Um, Diné is the proper name to call the Navajo people. Um, just want to throw that out, which I learned from Clean Clayson. And it was funny because um, 
oh, and by the way, they they were in a punk band called Blackfire, um, which I, oh man, just the coolest. So if you ever, um, I'll I'll put a link, and and just so you guys know, I will. Um, I have been trying to do good about putting links in the show notes for you all for uh, resources to um, things that are mentioned in the podcast. So you might want to take a look at that after each episode, or if you've listened to an episode and you thought, oh, I want to know more about that, check out the show notes. So anyway, um, it was funny because I think they gave me like five cigarettes and a guitar pick and maybe I made $12 that night or $15 that night too. I mean, it was just always just so funny. That's like the most remarkable night I ever had busking, which incidentally, I didn't really do that often. But so Clove um, was was really into the songs I was I was playing as well, because she also was a big Cranberries and Mazzy Star song. And she opened her mouth and the most angelic, beautiful music came out while I was playing. And, um, and it was just, I don't know, we were just instantly friends. And um, gosh, and her voice. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm like there at this moment. And this was like 26 years ago. Um, so or something like that. And she, um, she invited me to go to Denny's with her in this group of people. And um, it was great because then Ray and I really connected on music and we kept singing obscure, you know, Smith songs. Incidentally, I'm wearing my um, Smith's shirt that I got for my birthday a couple years ago from a friend. Um, remembrance of um, this friendship that I made with with Clove and these people in my 20s, or actually I was like 18, 19 years old. Um, just uh, just remarkable the connection that music gives us to other people. And, you know, we just became so close, Clove and I. We actually tried to um, play music together, but it just didn't, I don't know, we just didn't have that chemistry. To be honest, guys, I'm just not like the most prolific guitar player. Um, I know I've said this before, the music that plays in the beginning of this podcast is from my old band. And that is my guitar part in the beginning, but I didn't write it. And um, I just kind of never really got that good at playing guitar. And so I didn't really pursue it. And also, I just had so many interests when I was younger. And um, and especially when Clove and I were hanging out in Flagstaff in the, you know, mid to late nineties, we were all about, um, cocktail parties. And this was the greatest part about Clove is that this girl had a freaking velvet dress. I mean, how many people do you know, or did know in the nineties with velvet dresses? And, um, and so whenever uh, she, she had an apartment in downtown Flagstaff with these enormous windows that overlooked downtown Flagstaff. And we all used to just sit in her window that were just enormous, like I said, and smoke cigarettes and, you know, um, just hang out. Like, I've been really lost in memories, um, obviously, going through the grieving process of this human that was such an integral part of my formative years of kind of my early um, adult life. And, um, and this group of people that we were surrounded with, I mean, Flagstaff has my heart to this day because there is just such a a, an amazing, and I don't know if any of you have had this in your life or know of places like this in the world, but like, you know, we were hipsters, um, before it became like an urban outfitter kind of thing, even before urban outfitters ever even existed. And, you know, we loved thrifting and wearing overalls and, you know, Chuck Taylors and Doc Martens and, you know, we were a mix of hippie and um, grunge and granola and um, goth and, um, you know, and it was just the group of friends were so multiracial and um, 
members of LBGTQ, um, we just called it, you know, PFLAG, um, quoting Reality Bites. <laughs> um, <laughs> parents and uh, friends for lesbians and gays, I think is what that stood for. That's like such old school. LBGTQIA plus is like so much cooler. Um, but I don't know, it was just a community of these hipsters in Flagstaff, ravers, um, you know, that I have never since seen. I mean, I've been a part of some pretty cool groups of humans. I always lovingly talk about Springfield, but but Flagstaff holds just the most special place. And, you know, there were times when I lived with Ray and Clove and, um, and we just would always dress up um, for our gin and tonic parties and we'd have DJs come and play. And, and, and one of the neat things that we did, um, we used to celebrate our birthdays together. And so we'd have like, you know, the, the Trish, Trish the Dish and Clover Bee parties. And, um, then like what the, the first one that we did, we had our friend DJ Dave Sky DJ, um, in my kitchen. Um, I lived with about four other people and, um, I don't know, we had strobe lights and, you know, like her, um, other DJs played, um, our friend Chad, our, our friend, um, John Swoop, Swoop, sorry, I never get his name right. And, um, even though I lived with him in New York with his girlfriend, Laurel, um, and I think her brother Kip and some of his friends, um, all were like spinning records all night. It was so much fun. And um, just ah, just such magical times um, celebrating birthdays with her, and they were always just next level. And there was just always such a, a just a great group of people. And I owe a lot of my social life really opening up in Flagstaff to to Clove. And um, like I said, this is a little a little hard. Um, there's just so much love and. You know, when you're thinking back on your life, you know, and, and hopefully you don't wait. Hopefully you're you're all because you're listening to this podcast. I feel like you're all kind of introspective and really, um, you know, interested in taking stock of life and kind of un, unpacking layers that makes us all connected and and who we are as humans and um. I hope you all just sort of take pause and, you know, don't wait to reach out to people you love and tell them that you love them and, and that they meant a lot to you and that they did so much for creating the you that you are today, um, which is something I got to do uh, with Clove. We, um, man, we did so much. So I'm going to kind of backtrack a little too. Again, this is sort of like a review of my life. So I don't feel like I'm being too, um, you know, uh, cheesy, um, kind of devoting this first part to Clove because it was such a big part of who I am today. So anyway, so we actually did a lot of, um, traveling together. So my, like my family remembers her from when we went to LA and stayed with them and went to the Getty Museum. And um, she's always had like such a touch with people. And, and we drove in her maroon Volvo um, that she had gotten. And, you know, it was so fun to road trip with her from Flagstaff to LA. And then we kind of went down to the beach and stayed with some uh, family um, of hers. And then I went to Austin with her. Oh, actually, rewind. She went to Europe with me when I first moved to do my studies in Montpellier. I went with her and a couple of her girlfriends um, that I think were from college or from high school. And um, we all flew to Heathrow together in London and then like kind of hung out and um, failed at finding um, the blue... I think it was called the Blue Note, and I think it was Tricky's um, for Massive Attack. I think it was supposed to be, like, his, like, club. Um, but when we got there, it was, like, closed or, like, didn't exist anymore. It was really crazy. Um, but we still had a great time just kind of roaming around London. I think we got lost a few times. And then I kind of went to Montpellier while 
Clove and her girlfriends went on to the Reading Festival. And then Clove came down to Montpellier to hang out with me um, herself. And gosh, you know, one thing about being Gen X that is like the the thing that I keep kind of um, regretting, I guess, or, or being kind of like, oh, man, about because I don't really live with regrets, but it's the fact that we just didn't have cameras. And, and, you know, I was always kind of a poor kid. I know what you guys are thinking. Well, you lived in France, you went to England. Yeah, I scrubbed toilets and was like an RA for a summer program um, during that time. So it's not like I like got money from parents or something like that. Like it was really blood, sweat and tears that got me in urine and feces. Oh, and oh gosh, guys, just, yeah, it was bad. But, um, so I just, I just never had a camera. Um, or if I did, I, I would have a camera sporadically or I would have like a disposable camera. And so, um, it was just like, you know, I, I've just been thinking about how I just don't have pictures of these times that, um, you know, that I, that I, that I spent with, with friends and things. And, um, it's just like, uh, it's just kind of frustrating. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of throwing that out there as like a, a Gen X tragedy, right? Like I, I have all of these adventures I did with Clove and like, you know, uh, like a picture. Anyway, um, also, um, I went with her to Austin when she auditioned and received a scholarship for her amazing voice to the Berklee School of Music in Boston, Massachusetts, which I was so delighted to also um, accompany her when she moved into her dorm there. And oh gosh, I fell in love with Boston, B-Town. Um, and we hung out with DJ Dave Sky, uh, who I mentioned a minute ago that like um, DJ'd our birthday party. And, um, you know, just, uh, I don't have any pictures of that, you know, but anyway. Um, it was a, a really, a really great adventure that I did with, with, with Clove, just sort of living. And then, um, then I moved to Paris to be an au pair, um, because of the, um, I don't know, Flagstaff is a really hard place to live. I am so, um, sort of jealous or in awe of people who can live there and not be poverty with a view. Um, that can, can, can really make it there because it is so expensive. I mean, um, before I moved to Paris, I was living in a one room shack with, uh, three other people and we had mice and it was like so cold cause Flagstaff, you know, it's, it's way up there in altitude. It gets about a hundred inches of snow a year and, you know, it's, it's just like, so I was like, I'm getting out of here. Uh, Bush got elected uh, against Gore. And even though I tried desperately to get all my friends to register and vote Green Party for Ralph Nader, because I didn't believe in voting for the lesser of the two evils, which is so ironic that now it's like, oh my gosh, if I didn't vote for Biden, Trump would be reelected. Spoiler alert. Uh, yes, I am not. But yeah, so... Um, so anyway, so I moved, I moved to France a second time and then I moved to London. Um, I, when I lived in France, I was in, um, I was an au pair, which is the fa fancy name for nanny, um, uh, to a family. And, um, one day I was getting ready for like this class that, um, the French government will pay for. Um, they're just, they're just so ahead. I mean, at least this was 2001. They were pretty ahead of their time. Like they gave families, you know, a stipend for, um, like live in nannies or, you know, um, if they couldn't help with paying for a nanny, then they would pay for like French classes. And even though I had a French degree, I was like, pretty rough around the edges. I mean, when I lived in Montpellier, I was hanging out with skater boys and just like, I don't know, uh, my, my French was pretty, um, slang ridden. And so 
even though I got a degree and um, my professor said I was pretty good, like my the woman that I was a nanny for was like, uh, you know, I think you could probably take some more classes. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So I was getting ready to leave. And I noticed that the the husband and wife were actually sleeping on the floor in the um, dining room slash living room. And it really shook me. I was like, wow, they are really so poor that they can't that they and they gave me their their bedroom like it was kind of weird and I I just I don't know I was making like the equivalent to like 200 American American dollars a month I had this financial aid um you know that these college loans kind of looming over my head and I was like I can't this isn't sustainable like I've got to do something so I ended up moving to London to be an au pair there um, but it was a little bit more money, and also um, I had the opportunity to clean um, rich people's houses, and so that was a nice opportunity to make some money. But um, you know, it's funny because I um, I just recently realized in the last couple years that I suffered from I'm not going to say debilitating depression, um, but some really intense depression. Uh, throughout my life and so like the minute I left Flagstaff I immediately regretted it and immediately missed my friends and um and it was really hard and here I am living in this beautiful suburb of Paris where um it's Moudon which is like the suburb um where um Emile Zola who is like my favorite French writer um, lived and died and, you know, and I was miserable. And then I moved to London and even though I had all these friends, um, and, and we'd go clubbing and we'd just like, you know, go, go around the pub for, you know, an English fry up, um, and watch some football. Like, oh, it was, I was so depressed, you know, and I, I just felt like I needed more out of life than like, scrubbing people's toilets and looking after their kids. And this is probably why I ended up not ever wanting kids in my life. Um, kids are amazing, but there's so much work. And I just was always with families that were so busy that they had to have me around. And it just kind of, I don't know, it sat with me funny. So anyway, so I ended up leaving London, moving to New York, and the first person I called when I moved to New York City was my friend Clove. And she was pretty upset with me because she found out um, that I kind of was hooked up with this guy that she liked. And I had these like five nevers that I um, that I always subscribe, subscribe to. It was like um, never, never, um, never fall for um, a friend, never fall for a crush of a friend, never get involved with, um, you know, guys that are in relationships, um, never get involved with people who, um, are your exes and never get involved with, um, with gay men. Cause and that was just kind of thrown in there because Clove and I just, oh, we just loved our, our gay, um, male friends. Like they were just, beautiful and fabulous and um you know to this day I just have such a soft spot for um for gay men that I have met in my life because they are just just such incredible humans anyway so she called me out on having hooked up with this guy that she had a crush on and she was so mad at me and I was like oh my god Clove I'm so sorry um, and, but it was, it was really hard for her to forgive me. She was like, you broke one of your five nevers and, you know, and it was just really kind of gave me the third degree, which I feel like I deserved at the time, you know, um, but it was really heartbreaking because I did love her so much like a sister. And, um, I went back to Flagstaff, um, a, a, a couple years later when I had moved from New York to Illinois and just kind of took a greyhound to go be with my homies in Flagstaff. And, you know, I met up with her in this hotel that we used to always hang out in called the Monty V. 
um, and we met in the lobby and she brought Zeke, who was the dog that we both looked after when her roommate went to Mexico. And we both just loved this dog. And man, you know, dogs are incredible. He came right up to me and, you know, Clove was not so happy to see me. And I was just like, Clove, I'm so sorry. I did such a bad thing and I hurt you. And I really hope that you'll find it in your heart to forgive me. And, um, you know, it's funny that I'm telling this story because there, there's these looks that Clove would have. Clove could say a million words with her eyes. She had these beautiful big brown eyes and she would just kind of, I don't know, she had like the smirk and she had like a special laugh and a special smile and just the special dirty look. And, and so of course I got the latter of those. And, um, and you know, uh, that was kind of that. Then a few years later, um, I left Springfield and went to Tucson and uh, made a trip up to Flagstaff and um, hung out with a mutual friend of ours and saw her brother, who, by the way, her brother introduced me to Jungle. I mean, I was listening to like Grateful Dead and um, I mean, obviously, Mazzy starred and Cranberries and all that stuff, too, but like I was not like, you know, huge in that electronic music. And then Kip was like, I'm, I'm about to change your life, Trish. Like, like something out of Green, uh, Garden State, right? But like way before that movie ever came out. So he puts it, he puts this tape that he made um, on my little, well, I mean, at the time, massive. Awa stereo. Man, that was like the bomb. That was the best stereo ever. And I heard those rolling bass lines and I was hooked. You know what I've noticed is in the sort of Gen X world online, there's all of this talk about the 80s and our childhood and, you know, um, maybe a little dabble into the 90s, like the early 90s with like, you know, Nirvana and like, obviously, like that's a huge part of who we are and like, you know. Morrissey solo career that was blown up in the you know early 90s but um I never really see except for like an occasional meme about like jinkos which were these like extra huge legged pants with like massive pockets in them as a matter of fact when I worked at Glastonbury in um the summer of 99 um before I came back to the states after the first time I lived in France um down in Montpellier um, I did confiscation to, so I could go to the, um, music festival for free. Man, I'm telling you guys, I just figured out how to do all the things as a poor kid. So the next time you say like, oh, I can't do things cause I'm poor, man, I challenge you to think outside the box. And if you're too big to, um, you're too good to scrub a toilet to go see, the freaking Swiss Alps, then I don't, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I'm just saying, I'm just throwing that out there. I know that that's like a weird thing to say, but that's how I did it anyway. So I'm confiscating these bottles, like glass bottles, so they don't bring them into this like beautiful green, you know, um, farm area in, in um, the countryside of England. And I confiscated like a, uh, like, I don't know, I don't even know how you, measure alcohol. I just drink it. I don't really, I'm like, that's a big one. I'll take that. But it was like a handle of vodka. And there was like a, a two liter of orange soda. And these Jinkos were so amazing. I, I could put one, the bottle of vodka in one pocket and then orange soda, two liter in the other pocket and just stroll on out of there. And so my friend and I just, we went to go see, I think it was Underworld. Um, and just like one arm had the orange soda from one pocket and the other had the vodka from the other. And, oh man, that was epic. But anyway, um, so yeah, so, um, that, so yeah, thanks Kip. Um, he, he, he kind of changed my life with music. <laughs> like I just loved, um, anyway. Oh yeah. That's why, that's what I was trying to say is that like, um, you know, I just, I want to see more of like, you know, we didn't just stop living when we graduated high school. I mean, some of us had really interesting lives. Like I, like I feel like I had, 
Um, and you know, the rave scene was a really big part of that and drum circles and like, um, in, in all of the things good or bad that were associated with that. So anyway, so I went back up to, um, Flagstaff, like I said, after I moved to Tucson and, um, hung out with Kip and, um, and our friend Carrie and, um, and Clove came in and she, oh my God, this woman just always was fabulous. Right. And she had, I think she was wearing like, you know, like a big flower in her hair and she had let her hair grow. We both had rocked the short black hair when we were in our twenties. And here she is, this beautiful woman in her thirties, you know, mid thirties. And she comes in and she let me sit by her. And I know that sounds so weird, but you know, when you have kind of a rocky fallout with a friend, you know, and especially if you kind of feel like they're kind of fabulous, like, I don't know, you feel kind of honored. And she was really great. She she told me about how she went to Hawaii and she was working on her music career. And um, and I even think that we saw her the next night um, perform or maybe it was that night. Um, and I was just so proud of her because she always wanted to do something with her music. And she actually had left the Berkeley School of Music to go back to Flagstaff because um, she was dealing with a broken heart. And, and there was some issues Berkeley with her roommates and you know just kind of all kinds of stuff so I mean I totally I was disappointed because I wanted you know you want the best for your friends right but I got it I mean she probably was dealing with her own demons and depression um, all these years and I think that a lot of people in Gen X um, well I guess in all generations let's be real um, deal with depression. And we're just now really talking about anxiety and depression and, you know, the, the lack of feeling of self-worth that haunts so many people. And, and I know, um, you know, I was gallivanting all over the world and, and really kind of stretching the limits of reality. Um, but I still was always so miserable. Like, I, you know, everywhere I went, there I was, you know, <laughs> like, and I wasn't friends with myself. And, um, and that's, that's what's really um, kind of magical, I think, about um, becoming middle age. Um, it's just like a self acceptance and a self love that I've never had for myself. I know cheese alert. But it's so true. And like, um, I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm going to tap into that a little bit later. So put a pin in that. Um, but anyway, so it was like a nice time that I met her, you know, but we still just didn't really like, okay, well, let's follow each other on Facebook or, you know, any of that. And then I started my podcast this year, um, which had kind of been on the back burner for a couple years. Um, I started the YouTube channel first. Um, and I'm sure if you've vis visited my website, you've seen the links to my videos. And I was actually going to do um, a video for this, but I wanted longer time to talk to you guys. So, and I don't feel like editing all that video stuff. And, um, and I don't know. So I kind of prefer the, just the voice thing. Um, but anyway, um, so I reached out, so Kip is still like a pretty prolific jungle DJ. And um, I saw him do an Instagram story on Halloween and, you know, COVID times, I'm kicking it by myself, just watching horror films. And I saw that come up, like that he was live on Instagram stories. So I was like, whoa, dip in and see what's up. And of course it was freaking awesome. And just like, even, even, you know, he was throwing in some like old school tracks that he got me into, you know, back in the late mid nineties. And, um, and it was funny because I was like, okay, I let a couple months go. And then I just kind of reached out to Kip and was like, Hey, I'm doing this podcast. Do you think you'd be interested? And, um, we were just kind of like messaging back and forth. And I was like, do you think your sister would be interested? And he sends me this link to this video of Clove singing with um, this this guy that we used to um, hang out with um, that I actually met before I ever met Clove and her brother. And it was epic. 
it's a cover of a Billie Eilish song, um, I Love You. And, oh, you guys, it is, I'll definitely put a link to it. Um, it's so good. And, um, and I was like, oh my God, Kim, do you think that Clovewood would be on my podcast? Like, I just, that is so remarkable. And he's like, yeah, I'm sure. And I was like, okay, well, can you pass me her info? Because like, I don't have a link to her, you know, we're not really connected that way. And so he sent me her Instagram link and, you know, I jumped in, I slid into her DMs and was like, hey, and, um, you know, she, that was, you know, that was Tuesday of last week. So, um, that would have been the first or something, or second. I guess it was the second of De December or something like that. I don't know. And she and 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 Kip had told me that she was really sick, and when I was DMing Clove, she was like, "Oh, you know," I was like, "Oh my God, you're." I saw the song with you and Lance, like, that's so amazing, and um, I, I don't know if you'd be interested, but I'm doing this podcast, and I'd love to have you on as a guest, and she was like, oh, I'd love to, and I don't know, it was just, it was just good energy, you know, like, I was able to just shower her with all this love, and, you know, how much I admired her, and I just loved her voice, and I was so happy for her, and, and she was like, well, I was like, here's my link, you know, if you want to check out some of the podcasts, and she was like, oh, I have... I have the COVID, um, you know, even when she's like so sick, she was joking. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, do you know where you got it? And she said it was the night they recorded that song. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm sending you some healing love and light. And um, I didn't hear anything else from her. Um, and then two days later, um, my friend Kate, who also knew Chloe from Flags from our Flagstaff days, called and told me that she passed away. And it was so surreal. It's still surreal. Like it's 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 just really hard because so many people still don't take this virus seriously. And like, you know, she would have been 44 today. You know, she still had a long life of um, producing such beautiful music. And it's been really, um, it's been really wonderful because, you know, um, I've connected with so many people that I haven't talked to in, in so long. And, you know, the time just evaporates. Like we're all just in our 20s or teens still in that magical time in, in the 90s in Flagstaff and um but don't wait till you're 45 guys to like reach out to people that you shared your 20s with or your teens or or any sort of magical time in your life that you um that you spent with people you know they're such a fabric of who you are and the music and the inside jokes and the and the parties and the and the love and you know I my heart goes out to Gen Z right now in particular because you all are living in this world where you can't have parties and or you shouldn't be and um and maybe you don't usually have parties and connect with each other in that way but you know, whoever you're connected with. And even if you write off and can't, you know, this whole cancel culture, like, I get it. I, I Clove canceled me, you know, but I kept at it. I'm like, I'm like, so annoying, right? Like, I was just like, let's, let's still talk. And, I, you know, I still love you so much. And, you know, and like, I don't know if like someone's so important to you. Can you write them off that easily forever? You know, because obviously Clove let me back in. It just took a while, but, you know, I'm still grateful that I got that time to be able to be like, I love you. I think you're amazing, you know, kind of thing. But this is, um, this has been such a, 
such a weird year, you know, um, in general. And like before Clove passed away from COVID, there was a lot of, um, I don't know, I was kind of, it's not that I was happy that COVID happened, but I was trying to look at some of the sort of positives of what this year, what 2020 has brought us. And it's brought us, I feel like, a more collective consciousness than we've ever had before, in which we were were all sort of glued to our TVs when George Floyd um, was killed. And the Black Lives Matter protests were happening all over the world. And, you know, none of us were going anywhere. We were all just sort of sitting there together talking about racial injustice and talking about, you know, political issues and... You know, I cried when, um, well, most people were celebrating. I was crying when Biden got elected just because I was so overwhelmed with this, like, hope that, like, we we can do better. And um, and so I feel like 2020 gave us this gift. Um, but, but what, but the expense of so many lives lost, and I know that there are so many people listening to this podcast that have lost someone or know someone who has lost someone. And I personally know two people who lost someone close to me. So it was close to them. Uh, my aunt's sister and my, um, my guy friend that's like my brother, his grandma. Um, so it's really, it's really terrible. It's like, it's like the weirdest year ever. But I feel like humanity is is going to, I don't know. I don't know if Gen X is like, I kind of feel like we're pragmatic, but we're a hopeful generation. And I've tried to remind a lot of younger people that say like, the older generations just never cared. And I'm like, whoa, Gen X is the people who brought you Black Lives Matter and um, Stacey Abrams and... Um, a lot of um, people who have protested and set sort of the the groundwork for you. And we wouldn't have been able to do it without the baby boomers who were protesting, um, you know, the Vietnam War and kind of taught us about a lot of the social injustice through their stories. And, you know, um, the greatest generation who gave us the weekends and the eight hour work day. Like I don't, I don't want ageism to get in the way of the momentum that has been carried on from generation to generation. And, and I think that, and I've said this in um, another episode, I really, we are in a beautiful time where yeah, there's violence, but we, we as a collective world of humans, of consciousness, are deciding what things are no longer tolerable, like child, child abuse and domestic violence and um, on both genders. You know, we're, we're finally having more conversations about why more black women die in hospitals giving birth to children. Like, it's really unequal. Something weird is happening. And they're finally talking about it on regular news, like Good Morning America and, like, you know, my local news and, and food deserts. And, you know, how come in predominantly, um, you know, ethnic groups or black neighborhoods, why are there no grocery stores and why are there only... Um, you know, gas stations and why is it cheaper to buy a whole bunch of junk food than like fresh vegetables and um, sustainable food? Why is there, you know, like, I just feel like we're just, we're moving in the right direction. And I just think that that is a gift from all generations who have preceded us. And we can't sit back, right? Like we, we have to work. And yeah, maybe Gen Z, you've got more energy, and so because the millennials and Gen X are, you know, raising children or like me, like I've, I've decided to do other things, you know, um, to, to fight the good fight. But, um, but it has been such a weird year, right? Like 
it's it was like started with hope and then we were in fear and anger and then I feel like we're coming out into hope again and you know I just I I just feel like there's always hope there's just always hope and no matter how dark my depression has ever been I've always felt like there is there's got to be another way out of the darkness little did I know it was really more about finally appreciating who I am which is what I kind of kind of kind of broke my depression after a couple years and or a, a couple years ago and you know it was a lot of meditation it was a lot of you know work on myself and but I've come out the other end and you can too and um you know my uncle used to always say like find what you love to do and just do a lot of it um which I thought was such great advice and so you know I got a kayak I was like okay I love kayaking I'm gonna kayak you know like I love being outdoors like I'm gonna go hike I'm gonna go backpack I'm gonna go do these things and camp and you know and and then COVID hit and it was like well I'm gonna start this podcast like the time is nigh or (laughs) the time is now like I must do this and I love it and I love um you know sharing with you all and I love the feedback I get and um I don't know there's just there's always something you can do even in if even if the darkness feels so scary, um, I think that we're going to come out of this as a, I think we're all going to look back at 2020 as the year that humanity shifted. We pivoted in the right direction. So that's what I have to say about that. And just sort of weaving my good friend into the fabric of who I am. I couldn't have an introspective look on my last 45 years and my life in general without talking about her. And thanks for riding through the tears with me. Um, It's very cathartic and, you know, but hey, um, it's authentic, isn't it? And I think that's the beauty of podcasting is the ability to have authentic conversations. Um, and I just want to just kind of, um, I just want to thank everyone who has been on my show um, the last the, these last few months. You know, we all I only launched this in at the end of August, and it's amazing to me the the wonderful connections I've made with people across Zencaster. I'm not I'm not sponsored by them, but if you guys want to, I love you guys. Um, and just the open-hearted talks that I've been able to have with my guests, and the fact that you know someone will hear their friend on the podcast and reach out to me or their sister or, you know, and reach out and be like, I want to be on the podcast or like, you know, the community that I've been able to be a part of, like shout out to PodVCon and, um, and Daniel Larson and, 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 you know, the podcasting support group. Like I just, it's, it gives me hope. Like I said, I, I really think it's important to hold on to those sheds of hope. I guess that's my, my parting words as I enter into my 45th year of existence. Um, you know, just the, it's a, it's been a rough one guys. And I know that firsthand. Um, but I think that we're going to come out of this so much closer and so much better and and we're going to we're going to do amazing things when we all work together great things can be accomplished and i feel like that's a quote from someone famous so it's not like i trish the dish said that or anything but um but yeah listen to the cocktoo twins i'll link some music um that my friend jane created a playlist that was her favorite um band to sing along to and she hit all the high notes and um, listen to the Smiths. I'll link. I'll link to um, 
you know, some, some, some Smith's radio for you on Spotify and, um, and also, um, our friend Ray, Ray Love in the motherfucking house, um, put together like a 20 hour and counting playlist that I'll also, um, connect, which are just the songs that we sang with Clove or that, um, Ray feel, felt reminded him of her and he told me he could imagine her like listening to the music and singing along and um and celebrate your friends and love each other and um and keep listening because you know I've got lots of great guests coming up and um and it's gonna be it's gonna be um it's gonna be a great year that we're gonna come up on um and and I think that we can all um agree that we're heading in the right direction, guys. Just don't give up. Please don't give up. Don't, um, and, and please take this, this, this virus seriously. Like we are not in, in the clearing yet. Like uh, most of us aren't going to get the vaccination for a very long time still. So cover your nose with your mask when you're out. Invest in a better mask or like wash your masks more often stay socially distanced and, you know, just take care of each other because we're all we've got. There is no plan B. Anyway, thanks for listening and happy birthday to me. Say hi to me and wish me happy birthday on my Instagram. How about that? (laughs) Anyway, peace and love guys. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I don't want to be an army.